Hello, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Truth Seekers Podcast. A truth seeker is someone who wants to know the truth. They search for what's true, and they won't rest until they find it. I am a truth seeker, and if you are too, then you've come to the right place where we will search for truth each week in the stories of the Bible. We have been following the life of David, one of Israel's greatest kings. David was chosen by God and anointed by Samuel to be king over all of Israel when he was just a young man. David went through many difficult times as he was chased by King Saul and feared for his life. But finally, the time came for David to be king. David was a good king and did many things as king. He brought the Ark of the Covenant up to Jerusalem. He made Jerusalem the capital city, and he reminded the Israelites of God's presence with them. David won many battles against the enemies of the Israelites and brought peace to Israel because God was with him. And while David did many great things, he was only able to do those great things because he relied on God's strength to help him. David was just a man. He needed God's help. Without God, David would not have been the great king he was. God wants us to depend on him and rely on him. The Bible says that with God, all things are possible. Only with God can we live the life he has called us to live. We need his strength and his wisdom and his guidance in our lives. Sadly, David had a moment when he forgot God. Today's story is a story about a moment in David's life when he sinned and disobeyed God and the consequences that came from David's choices. You see, as David grew older, he became used to the luxurious life of the palace and he was comfortable in his life of ease. No longer was he hiding in caves. He had everything he needed right at his fingertips. This kind of life made it harder for David to rely on and trust in God when it seemed that he already had what he needed. We should never stop depending on and trusting God in both the bad and the good times. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David did not go with his army. He sent Joab out with the men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Reba, but while his men were out fighting, David remained in Jerusalem. This was not like the king to stay at home while his men were out fighting. But as I said before, David had become comfortable in his palace. When he should have been leading his men, he was at home. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. You see, David could walk to the very top of his palace and look out from his roof because his roof was flat. Most houses in Israel during those times had flat roofs. From his roof, David could look down upon the city and see other people in their homes or on their roofs. This night, as David was walking on his roof, He looked down, and there he saw a beautiful woman. David wanted to know more about this beautiful woman, so he sent someone to find out about her. The man said to David, Isn't this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David did something he should not have done. He sent messengers for her and had her brought to the palace. David had decided that he wanted to be with Bathsheba, 
even though she already had a husband. David took a woman to be his that did not belong to him. While Bathsheba's husband was away at war, David took Bathsheba as his own. And the day came when Bathsheba told David that she was going to have a baby. Immediately, David thought about Bathsheba's husband, Uriah. What would Uriah do when he found out that his wife was going to have a baby that was not his? So David sent the word to Joab, send me Uriah. When Uriah came to him, David asked him how Joab was, how the soldiers were, and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your feet. David wanted Uriah to go home and be with his wife. David thought he could cover up his sin by sending Uriah home to be with Bathsheba and nobody would know any different. But to David's surprise, Uriah did not go home to be with his wife. Uriah slept at the entrance to the palace with all of his master servants and did not go down to his house. Uriah would not go home while the rest of David's men and commanders were out at war. Uriah knew those men were fighting and he would not be at peace until he could go back to fight with them. Instead of telling the truth, David began to dig himself deeper into his sin. In order that Uriah would never know what David had done, he wrote a letter to Joab, the commander of the army, and sent it with Uriah. In it, David wrote, Put Uriah in the front line where the fighting is fiercest. Then withdraw from him so he will be struck down and die. O oh, true seekers, do you see what happens when we allow sin a foothold in our lives? In most cases, one sin will lead to another and another until you are so stuck in sin, it's like quicksand that pulls you under. David was now going to put Uriah at the front of the line, the most dangerous part of the battle, with no help from his men so that he would be killed, all to cover up a sin all so that Uriah would never know that David had taken his wife that did not belong to him. Sure enough, word came back to David that Uriah had been killed in battle. And when Uriah's wife Bathsheba heard of this, she mourned and cried for him. After the time of mourning was over, David had Bathsheba brought to his palace, and she became his wife, and she bore him a son. But true seekers, the Bible says that even though David thought he had gotten away with his sin, God saw what David had done. God saw David's sin. God saw David try to cover up his sin. God saw David's orders to have Uriah placed at the front of the battle. God saw everything. And the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. We can never run from God. We can never hide our sins from God. God sees everything. The best thing we can do is come before the Lord and tell Him the truth. Tell Him when we've sinned. Tell Him when we've messed up. He is right there, ready to forgive us. One day, the Lord sent Nathan the prophet to David. When he came to him, he began to tell David a story. He said, There were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it, and it grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. 
Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. When David heard this, he burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this deserves to die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity on the man with just one lamb. He had many lambs. Why did he take the one lamb away from this man? Then Nathan looked at David and said to him, You are the man, David. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you. I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You have struck down Uriah, the Hittite, with the sword, and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I am going to bring calamity upon you. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, The Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. But because by doing this you have made the enemies of the Lord show utter contempt, the son born to you will die. After Nathan had gone home, the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife had borne to David, and he became ill. David pleaded with God for the child. He fasted and went into his house and spent the nights lying on the ground. But just as Nathan prophesied, on the seventh day, the child died. Then David got up from the ground. He knew there was nothing more to be done. Then David comforted his wife Bathsheba, and in time, Bathsheba had another baby. And this baby they named Solomon. Dear True Seekers, the story of David and Bathsheba is one I wish we did not have to tell. It's not a story of triumph or victory, but rather, it's a story that reveals the sinful nature of man. And while it's not a pleasant story, it does remind us that we are all born into sin. Even great men like David sinned. No one is perfect, not one. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You see, when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, it affected everyone who would ever be born after them. Every person who has ever been born after Adam and Eve has been born into a world of sin. You might think, well, then what hope do I have? Even if a great man of God like David could sin, what hope is there for me? What is the answer to my problem of sin? I have the best news for you, true seekers. The answer to sin is not to try hard enough to be good. You can never be good enough because we've all fallen short. The answer to the problem of sin is to accept Jesus as your Savior. Jesus is the answer for our sin. God gave the answer in His own Son, Jesus. Jesus was born as a man, but Jesus is the only man who never sinned. Jesus was perfect, and because Jesus never sinned, He was able to take our sin, and in exchange for our sin, He gives us His perfection, His holiness, His righteousness. You and I could never be perfect, but Jesus was. 
When Jesus died on the cross, he took every sin you and I have ever committed and he placed that sin upon himself. God knew David would need a savior. David knew he needed a savior. I'm sure those nights when David was fasting and crying and lying face down on the ground, he was crying out to the Lord his God to save him from his sin. In his heart he repented and he was sorry for what he had done. And God knew in the future he would send a Savior who would be able to save us all from our sins. The Bible says that our sinful self has died too with Jesus and now we have new life because he comes to live in us and washes us clean of our sin. When God looks at you, he does not see your failure or your sin. He sees you as his child. He accepts you and he loves you. He sees the blood that Jesus shed for you. You can't please God by yourself or in your own strength. You need Jesus living inside of you through the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus' life inside of you that will help you to obey God, that will help you to live for Him. The Holy Spirit helps us to obey and follow God. If you'd like to read today's story in your Bible, you can find it in 2 Samuel chapters 11 and 12. Let me pray with you before we go. Dear Heavenly Father, we know that we have sinned. We know that we have fallen short of your glory. Just like David, we need a Savior. We can never please you in our own strength. We thank you that you have made a way to take away our sin and draw us closer to you, and that is through Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave. I accept your gift of salvation over me. I repent of my sins and ask you to come and live inside of me. Wash me clean. But not only that, come and give me the strength to live for you. It is not by my strength or my power, but it is only by your spirit living in me that I am able to fully live for you, follow you, and obey you. I surrender my heart and my life to you, and I ask you, Jesus, to live fully in me. Thank you that it is only through Jesus that I am saved. I will keep my eyes fixed on you and not on me. Help me to walk humbly and carefully before you always, and help me to make wise choices that glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining me today. As always, your reviews for the podcast are so appreciated. Thank you, Mama Ann, who said, This is a great supplement to our family devotions and Sunday school curriculum. We've been going through the Old Testament and discovering how everything points to Jesus. I love the way she explains things, and it is just a very pleasant and truthful thing for us to listen to in the car or at home. Our 11-year-old son says he likes to listen when he's doing Legos. I've also shared your podcast with other parents at our church. Thank you so much for making these beautiful recordings. Well, thank you so much for that review. I appreciate every single one of them. Thank you so much for joining me, and I look forward to our time together next week.